Okay, Chodesh Tov. Sorry for the tech- technical issues, but uh, uh, most of you heard what I said. And Bez Hashem, we hope to celebrate some level of this incredible month and and uh, Purim together in some fashion, some safe, uh, positive fashion. We're working on it. Bez Hashem, we will keep you posted. Uh, but the word simcha is certainly the operative word. Mishinichnas adom marbim besimcha. This word simcha is an incredible word because you know, simcha is a word that you really think you can't really control. I mean, joy is something that sort of basically happens based on circumstances, based on situations. Well, if I win the lottery, I'm going to be happy. If I keep spending money and not winning the lottery, I'm not going to be happy. Or whatever other situation is, we, we think it depends on, on outside circumstances. And it's really not true. If the Torah, in a sense tells us about the importance of Simcha, and it does in a number of different places. And certainly the f- famous, famous Pesach of, of, uh, in Kisavo, where the Torah tells us that this entire unraveling of the, of the spiritual state of the Jewish people happened because it happened because you didn't serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu out of Simcha. Those words resonate in the, in the hearts and minds of practically every Jew. We all know. You have to feel this joy. And the question is, how do you sort of just turn it on? Well, how does this joy really happen? So maybe there are many different dimensions of joy, but I'd like to just focus on, in on one of the aspects of what true simcha is all about. And it's rooted in this week's Parsha, a little bit as an indication in last week's Parsha. And if we can understand this element of this unbridled joy that is rooted in Torah, if we can understand how this is a mandate for every Jew to approach Torah this way, the learning of Torah, the living of Torah, the appreciation of Torah, then it would change our perspective. And I think it would change our whole attitude. And it's so sad because... So much of what we see about, you know, teenagers relating to Torah, how sad it is that especially during the high school years or the junior high years, you know, it's sort of seen as a, it's a drag and it's a burden and it's difficult and it's complicated and, you know, there's, it's so sad. It's a lot of angst is connected to, to learning Torah. And the exact opposite should be true. It, it's completely disconnected from the true ultimate reality of this world in terms of what learning Torah is all about. It's about simcha. It's about the unbridled joy when we understand Torah. When we learn, we learn Torah, we work on a Rashi, we work on a Tosis. We understand something, the connection that it brings to us in terms of our connection to HaKadosh Baruch our connection to truth. There's no joy in the world like the, the joy of learning Torah. And I know maybe my words might sound extremely foreign right now. What is he talking about? That's the, that's the greatest level of joy? It's not... Whatever, having a team win the, you know, the, the, the game or, or some other kind of, um, you know, physical and materialistic type of, of endeavor. That's, that's learning Torah. That's uh, almost the stuff that I, the, the, the two hours or three hours a day that I dread the most. Well, that just means we're far away from the reality. That just means we haven't calibrated ourselves and I'm not, saying it's your fault. Maybe part of it is our fault. Maybe part of it is, is the school, I mean, the collective educational system's fault if we haven't given you that unbridled joy. But that's really what Torah is. 
And one thing for sure, when you speak to guys who don't have any other issues, they don't have any other distractions, they're not into that crazy world and they have a chance to be in Eretz Yisrael, just to learn Torah, no finals and no APs and no, no, no essays, just learn Torah, go to Eretz Yisrael and be in Eretz HaKadosh and immerse yourself in learning Torah. You speak to these guys, the joy you can hear in their voices is just so palpable, it's so incredible. Because that's true, that's true joy. I'm learning Torah. I'm connecting, not because of the, of the report card, not because of some, some external pressure, just because this is Hashem's Torah and I'm learning it and I understand it and I'm relating to it. It's relating to me. There's no joy like that. And this joy, Rabbi Sai, is, is so critical. I just want to share with you two similar thoughts. One from, from uh, this week's parish and one from last week. Because at the very end of the, of Mishpatim, and Mishpatim is certainly, it's a incredible parsha. So many mitzvahs are, are spoken about in Mishpatim. And the very end of Mishpatim sort of takes us and connects us to last week. So there's a direct relationship between Yisrael and Mishpatim. And the very end of Mishpatim goes back to that moment of Har Sinai where the Jewish people said, Nasev Nishma. And Moshe was very clear. And he said to the people, listen, these are instructions, and don't play with these instructions. Don't think that this is not serious business. This is serious business. If Hashem says don't look at the mountain, don't look at the mountain. If Hashem says don't cross this barrier, don't cross this barrier. This is, we are entering the ultimate level of Kedusha. And as such, don't, in, not in, to an iota, change from HaKash Baruch Hu's directions. Because as much as Kedusha allows for the highest level of, of, of excitement and simcha and joy, you know, everything else that's connected to being close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it needs to be done exactly the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu prescribed it. It can't, be, it can't be changed any which way. And unfortunately, there were some people who didn't listen. Great, great people who didn't listen. Why they didn't listen, I guess it's a whole other schmooze. You can speculate how much they desired and longed to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But towards the end of the parsha. When, when the Jewish people said those two incredible words, Nasev Nishma, these two words that I'd probably stand as sort of the highlight words of the parsha, Nasev Nishma, those famous words, right at that very, a, a few psukim later, Moshe took from the blood, he sprinkled towards the Jewish people. This is a Dam Habris, this is a covenant we are entering into. What a dramatic, incredible moment. Vayal Moshe, Vi'aron, Nodav Aviyu, Vishivim, Mizikne Yisrael, Nodav Aviyu, these two amazing Kohanim, the sons of Aaron, two of the greatest people of the generation, and they were truly great. And the seven, the elders, and somehow, the next passage tells us, Vayiru Eselake Yisrael. They tried to peer into an area of godliness and sanctity that they had no business looking into, but they looked. They were told not to, but they looked. And it was an incredible vision. We can't really understand it. Obviously, we're not talking about a physical manifestation of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, but they looked where they weren't supposed to. And Rashi tells us, After all the warnings, they were, they were given a death sentence. Did they die on the spot? No. And they should have, in a sense, died on the spot. That was the punishment. You look at the holiest place where you have no right to look. It's almost like entering the Kodshay Kadashim when you have no right to enter. And really, there should have been a death penalty right then and there. Kodesh Baruch Hu said, I'm going to wait. And he waited. And sometime later, we know that another view, when did they pass away? They passed away on Rosh Chodesh Nisan of the following year. 
because, and that was, of course, the story when they offered a, a, a strange fire and they were, they, HaKadosh Baruch Hu took them on that particular day, an incredibly important day, a day where the Mishkan was consecrated, the day that the, 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 Mishkan, the Mishkan was initiated into service. What an, what an incredible day. And the Shekhinah came down. It was, it was an amazing day. That day I will take them. For that day to be impacted by the death of two great tzaddikim, I'll do it on that day. And I'll take them on that day. But I can't take them today. Why not? I mean, that's, today is when they did the main sin. Today is when they looked towards HaKadosh Baruch they, they looked towards the Shekhin and they saw what they shouldn't have seen. What they were told not to, not to do. Not to look. But I can't. I cannot, not on this day, to diminish from the joy of Torah, from the unbridled joy of Torah, I can't diminish it. It needs to be at its highest level. It needs to be at its highest point. And that's what Torah is, when we receive Torah, when we learn Torah, when we are indoctrinated and, 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 and opened up to the truth of Torah. And this is the first uh, exposure to it. It needs to be at the highest level of joy. I can't do anything to diminish from it. Isn't it amazing how of all the brachas, we make many brachas throughout the day and throughout the year. Where else is your bracha, Rabbi Yisrael? Make it sweet. Make it sweet. Dude, does chillin have to be sweet? Titus has to be sweet? What? What? Lulav and Esrik have to be sweet? We, we enjoy all mitzvahs. What do you mean, vaharivna? And the message is so clear because, yes, Vaharavna, because learning Torah is not like any other mitzvah. We, we make the brach of birchas at Torah. It needs to be with a sense of geschmack. And again, maybe we all have to figure it out ourselves. Maybe this is a shmooz for everybody. It's a shmooz for, as, as always. We're talking, I'm talking to myself. And our job is to find a way to make Torah geschmack. And I'm not saying it's easy because, again, we're distracted here in America. It, it, it's... So much, so many other things are going on, and you know, again, maybe all the other different nuances make uh, play a difference and, and, and play a role. But let's not let's not forget the truth, the the absolute core of what Torah is about. It's about simcha. It's about total joy. When we learn Torah and we understand Torah and we connect to Torah, it's the most incredible thing in the world. They say an incredible Rav Shach was an amazing person, a leader of Klai Yisrael. For some 50 years he led Klai Yisrael. And there's an amazing story about him. And he, I mean, his youth and how much he gave up and the difficulties. He left home, he was, I think, 11, 12 years old to learn Torah. Just an amazing person, even in his youth, and how much he loved Torah and how much he gave up for Torah. And it's an incredible story, one that we can't relate to because we don't see snow on the ground here in California. But imagine, there'd be a lot of snow on the ground. And, and uh, when there's snow, as maybe we do know this a little bit from our relatives on the East Coast, pretty much things shut down. In Eretz Yisrael, they totally shut down. In Yushalayim, when there's a snowstorm, and Baruch Hashem, I've had this chus of being Yushalayim during a snowstorm, the city shuts down. So literally, you can you, you don't see anybody on the streets because you know it doesn't. We're not used to it. We don't have a infrastructure. Maybe now they do, but they didn't have it for many many years. So, so here is Rav Shach, who very often, I think almost every Friday, I think it was a Friday, I'm not one hundred percent sure, used to visit the Briskarov. He was very close to the Chazanish, to the Briskarov, the great Gedolim in Eretz Yisrael. And this one fellow is walking the street and happened to see. Rav Shach leaving the home of the Briskarov, but there's nobody there. And Rav Shach, okay, who's a god in his own right, young, much younger, of course, his younger years, but so he's walking out of the house, 
And this fellow's like on the side, and he couldn't see him. But the person saw Rav Shach, Rav Shach didn't see anybody else. The snow is beautiful, the streets are quiet. And Rav Shach walks out of the house of the Briskarov, and literally, I can't imitate him because uh, um, I don't want to fall here or anything, but he would jump, and he, like, he connected his feet, and he jumped with a, with a nice little dance where he connected his feet, literally like uh, we dance during uh, Purim time, and he jumped, and he clicked his, his, his uh, feet together, and he did it a couple of times. It's just, you don't only see this. When you see Rav Shach, you know, with his, with his very distinguished garb and his whole very distinguished demeanor, now he's like dancing. <laughs> in the snow, he wasn't in the snow, he was on the snow, but he's there. So he walked over, this fellow was watching this, and he knew that Rav Shach didn't see him, but he just felt he had to he had to go over to him. So he gets a little closer, and finally Rav Shach notices him, and he says, Rebbe, Rebbe, I, uh, I mean, what's the deal? Why are you dancing? He says, why am I dancing? Why am I dancing? I'm dancing, I left, I just left the house of the Briskarov. And he said such a beautiful pshat. He said such a beautiful sheer. How could you not dance? You hear these words of Torah. You hear the truth literally from this, this amazing Godot, the, the son of Reb Chaim, the, the descendants of the great Salvation dynasty, literally giving forth Torah as it was given me Sinai, literally given like it was given last week in Pasha's Yisro, and I'm hearing these incredible words, I shouldn't dance. He says, well, Rebbe, I hear you. I mean, I, I'm ready to dance too. You got me so, you got me so pumped. I'm ready to dance. But like, um, I never see you dance. I've seen you other times. He says, well, other times, if I dance, I have to control myself. They have to, you know, think I'm crazy. What some Galador is dancing around. You know, he didn't say that about himself. But, you know, if they're, they're going to see me, they're going to think I'm a little bit, a uh, little whacked out. But now that there's nobody on the streets and I can just let my emotions go, of course I'm dancing. It's Tyra. It's pshat, it's emes. And, and that was a reason for unbridled joy. That's the joy of Torah. And that's why, amazingly, last week's Parsha, a big discussion about when Yisro came, was he sent back, did he come again, did he come two times, did he come before Ma'an Torah, did he come after Ma'an Torah, big discussion when Yisro actually came to see the Jewish people. And the Medrash Tanchuma, the Daza Kedem brings the Medrash Tanchuma, says something fascinating. He says he came after his opinion is he came after. Why did he come after? He says, because the Jewish people struggled and pained themselves to get to Har Sinai. And now they're at this moment of unbelievable celebration. They were given the Torah, the ultimate, the pinnacle. They were given the Torah. We was Yisro during all that time. We was Yisro during the process of building up to, the, to this amazing moment of, of Kabbalah Satorah, of Matan Torah. We was, he was... He was having a good time in Midjan. He was listening. He had a, his three-car garage. He had his um, fancy uh, villa over there. And he, he, wasn't, he wasn't struggling. And he just, should just show up now and, and be part of the Simcha of Torah. It's not right. Simcha of Torah needs to be shared by people who understand and who appreciate, who went through difficulty. And therefore, over Simcha Solius Arav Zar, he quotes the Pasuk. I, it's not right to have gone through so much and then hear the moment of celebration, all of a sudden somebody just happens to show up. Now, the Jewish people wouldn't care. They, it, it wouldn't bother them. Yisro was Moshe's father-in-law. Come on, join the party. We're having a good time. What, do we care when we're dancing at a typical Purim Chagiga, the intensity and the excitement and the costumes and the... and Would, would you care so much if a stranger shows up? I mean, you don't know, Valley Torah. You haven't been here the whole time. You don't know what we... The, the, the ongoing connection that we feel and the growth that we... And, that we're, and Purim is a time to... I mean, what, fine. 
But you know what? On a deep, deep subconscious level, we might be, we, maybe we would feel, you know, you don't really don't belong. You don't really appreciate. You're just a stranger. You don't know what value Torah is. You don't know our experience. You don't know our connection. You don't know what we've been through so much. All the ups and downs of what, of what teenagers have to go through in Baruch Hashem. We're here at an Adar and we're here at a Purim and we're persevering. And we're, you know what? On a deep subconscious level, it would matter. And for Torah, it's got to be the pinnacle. It can't be somewhat diminished, even though, again, obviously you have chesed and all the other factors, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu worked it out. Kaiswell didn't say no. HaKadosh Baruch Hu worked it out. Yes, sir, you're going to come later. I guess he made a, tra- whatever, he made a traffic jam out of Midjan. He couldn't get out then. He had to come later. Because Torah needs to be, again, with a sense of joy. Now, I'm, I readily admit, yet you can't just turn it on. And, and, and I know what the feeling is. Well, I'd love to have joy. I'd love to sit there and learn Baba Kama and work on, on Basami Kara Basa Tavamana. I'd love to have a feeling where I'm working on, on Zen and Vizelo Chaser or on Tsaroros and get this sense of, of, of joy and excitement. And I'd love to walk out of every year kicking my feet and jumping up in the air and dancing. But I don't feel it. I can't give you the formula right now to feel it. Bezashem, you will feel it. You will understand it. This is my hope and prayer for every member of Klai Yisrael, certainly for all of the, the incredible students at Valley Torah High School. You should, you'll feel that joy. But understand it's there. It's there for every single Jew when the connections are right, when the atmosphere is right, when the circumstances are right. When you give yourself that chance, it's not just a year in Eretz Yisrael, a gap year. I hate that expression, gap year. Gap year. It's not gap there's no gap. This is filling up your life. This is the ultimate um, fil- fulfillment year. But whatever you call it doesn't really matter. As long as you get to that position where you can literally get to this point where the Vaharavna means something, where it's real, where it's special, where it's connecting, that's the greatest joy. You can't match that joy. And, and that's why people who are blessed to have learned in yeshiva and hear shurim and, and work on Torah in its depth, that's where this... The truth, everything, everything changes. The truth of, of, of what you see, of how, what you know, everything changes. You don't have any more questions. Uh, I've said so many times, oh, I got so many questions in high school, Rabbi, you didn't answer this one, and how do you know this, and what is it, where does it say that, and tons of questions. <laughs> and you see a guy six months later, you visit him in Eretz Yisrael. One of the pains that I have about COVID is that I haven't gotten to Eretz Yisrael yet this year. But, you get to Yisrael and, you know, you see this guy six months after he left with all his questions, his feet up in the chair, you know, on the other, on the other desk, you know, sitting there in the back of the room, you know, how do you know this? And how do you know that? The big philosopher, how many books have you written? None, but it's okay. I'm a, a big philosopher. I got 200 questions on Judaism. Okay. Um, maybe you want to read a book? No, I, I don't have the time for that. Ah, okay. But you have 200 questions. So you meet the same guy six months later. What happened to your, all these questions? I mean, not that I'm, un, I'm not unhappy that you resolve them. Just want to know, who did you go to? Who did you go to to resolve all your 200 questions? You had so many, right? For every inch that your foot was off the, off the ground, you had another question. So <laughs> I don't have any questions, Rabbi, anymore. Uh, those questions are ridiculous questions. Oh, how did I, I'm learning Torah. Learning Torah answers all the questions. When you learn it right and you're connected and you see the truth and the truth is coming at you and inside of you and out of you literally 24-7, you don't have any more questions. The truth is, is glaringly obvious, Baruch Hashem. And I'll just end with, with another story, a story that sort of tells you the flip side of when you're not connected. And that's why it's so important to give yourself the opportunity because as much as we learn, as much as we have Baruch Hashem, 
great learning and great rebellion and great ruach and everything is great. It's, it's, it's not, high school is not the way to maximize one's experience and learning. It has to be somewhat disconnected, somewhat away from all the craziness and all the technology and all the other stuff that goes on and just, just let's learn. Let's learn one year. Very often one leads to two, but what, one year, just give a one year to, to appreciate it. And if your person doesn't, an amazing story that gives us an indication of what happens if, God forbid, a person's not connected. And a person could drift, and a person could be in danger, because that's the essence of a Jew's relation with that Kaddish Baruch who's through Torah. And there's an amazing story. I've shared before, I remember hearing, actually I heard the story twice at the very same Torah Sarah convention, one with an added little kinech at the end of it. But there's an amazing story about Rav Shach again. Rav Shach was when he was Rav Shach already, and literally nothing moved in Eretz Yisrael without Rav Shach giving his stamp of approval. Every big decision when it came to schools and, and Klai Yisrael was brought to Rav Shach, and they used to have these meetings amongst the many, many great Rosh Hashivas in Eretz Yisrael. They would meet on a regular basis, I don't know, maybe four times a year, whatever. There was a big powwow meeting in Rav Shach's home. And they all came, and all of a sudden it was time to, time to meet. Rav Shach was in his, in his study, and all of a sudden some... Uh, a kid, 16-year-old kid or whatever, comes knocking on the door, and the, the shamish, the gabai, whatever, he says, yeah, yeah, we're about to have a meeting. I, I must see the reshiva. I must see the reshiva. He says, come on, I, please. And he just he got himself in. And Rishach looks up. He says, hi, how you doing? What's, what's going on? He says, Rebbe, Rebbe, I don't have any geschmack from learning. And there at Israel, they, they start earlier, and there's much less distractions, and he was sort of given that opportunity to get into it, and it hasn't wasn't working for him. Israeli teenager. And he says, really, what are you learning? He says, uh, Rabbi, I'm learning Bab Metziah, Watsuya, Yishlamidas. He says, okay, come sit down. Takes out a Gemara, takes out two Bab Metziahs. Incredible story. Takes out two Bab Metziahs, and he says, okay, let's learn. And Rishach reads the Gemara, and the fellow says, and he asks the fellow, he says, no, you got it? They spend maybe 20 minutes, half hour, going through maybe a little shtickle of a Toshima by Yishlamidas. He says, you got it? Rabbi, I don't have it. He says, no problem. No chamo. And goes over it again. And <laughs> every kamat, every major leader in Klai Yisrael is waiting in the next room while this is going on. And they know that he's with this kid and they don't want to do anything. They didn't barge in. He's a godel adar. I'm not barging in. But Rav Shach was was fully aware of what was going on in the next room with people waiting for him. He says, no chamo. Goes over to him again. He says, no, you got it? Rabbi, no, I don't have it. No problem. No chamo. The third time. Toshima, Abaya, Yushomidas, Havi Yush, whatever, Simon, not a Simon, whatever particular steps he was doing with him. And after the third time, he says, again, I'm sure he explained it, and he says, no, you have it? He says, Rebbe. Tears started to roll down his cheeks. Rebbe, Rebbe, I have it. I got it. I understand. Amazing. The Gadol Hadar brought him to this level where he can literally cry tears of joy because he, he understood the Gemara. A Gemara that he apparently never understood before. He never was given the time by the people around him. I guess everyone's in such a big rush to sit down and, do you have it? Nachamo. 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 You got to get it. That was Rav Shach. And the story, the second part that I heard during Shalashudas of the convention was talk to somebody, went to him afterwards, hey, Rebbe, I understand you had, you had Klai Yisrael waiting. 
you had 10 Rosh Hashivas, major Rabbanim, you had the leadership of Klai Yisrael waiting, and you're spending time with a 16-year-old kid? He says, yeah, I, I had to. Because I hold, and he explained, he says, I consider a teenager who's disconnected, who's sad, who's down, who doesn't get a geschmack out of learning, and he's, he's clearly longing and searching and yearning for something, he's yearning for a connection. That kid is in danger. That young man, at the, I consider that bikuach nefesh. Who knows where he can then turn for something that he thinks is going to give him more joy. I can't let that happen. I can't allow that to take place. And therefore, yes, bikuach nefesh is docha, even the great Rosh Hashivas who came to see me for this meeting, it's docha. That's the, the guttle of Klai Yisrael's understanding of the power of Torah. The simcha, the joy, the inner joy of Torah is the literally the, the fulcrum, the anchor, and the, the, the turning point of a person's connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu versus the distance one person might have from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Rabbi Yisai, let's... Let's not forget, simcha is not about alcohol. Simcha is not about running around in the frivolous and with all types of jovial. Um, I mean, that stuff is maybe at the right time in the right place can add a little bit, but that's not what simcha is about. Simcha is about a connection that comes from Torah, comes from the joy of learning Torah. Purim is a great way to sort of channel that joy in the right direction, in the right way, which we'll talk about. But that's the anchor. That's the core. It's Torah. So, Bez Hashem, let's appreciate what we have. Let's remember that HaKash Baruch Hu did not want in any way, in any way, affect the joy of Torah. Not with taking out of Aviyu, not with having Yisrael come to join the party. Can't happen. Torah needs to be Vaharivna, the sweetest of them all. Bez Hashem, let's make Torah sweet in our lives. Let's appreciate it the way we, we could. Let's have that vision of grabbing those opportunities beyond high school to absorb, uh, to immerse ourselves in Torah, and to absorb the beauty of Torah, and that's Chus Bez Hashem. We'll go mei choyel choyel, and be zoycha to be as mishach mei Have a good Shabbos.